I know you missed us. So, welcome <laughs> back to another installment of the Finish Line Podcast. What is this? Our I don't know. 70th episode, low-key? Yeah. I'm excited to be back. We're called the fourth season of the Finish Line Podcast. Uh, we are a sports podcast, mainly touching on basketball and football, because who cares about the other sports? I know. The dog days of summer are coming. The dog so days of summer are coming, but until be then, prepared. we are here to give you everything about the NBA playoffs 2019, as well as the NFL schedule that was just released last week. Um, in today's Here. episode, the Thunder suck. Robert uh, Kraft. Is, stop. Robert Kraft is guilty, and Tiger Woods is relevant again. But we start today's episode with. It's kind of ironic. We're starting with baseball. Um, <laughs> uh, we're starting with baseball. This is the first and last time you will ever hear us talk about the Chicago White Sox on this show. Um, the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago, the Chicago White, White Sox, Sox shortstop Tim Anderson served his one-game suspension Friday for reportedly using the N-word during last Wednesday's on-field skirmish. It wasn't a fight um, against the Kansas City Royals. That's um, this, we're talking about the Kansas City Royals here. Shout out to Corey. Oh, um, yeah. Shout, shout out, out to Corey. Corey. <laughs> talking about the Kansas City Royals. Um, basically, if you if you didn't see what happened, this is, this is probably what I hate the most about baseball, um, where there's no fun. In baseball, you can't you can't hit a home run and flip the bat. Everything's disrespectful now. Everything's disrespectful in baseball. Bro. It must be the social media era. I mean, we're us as millennials probably created that. Like, oh, I'm so sorry you did a bat flip. Actually, I, I think baseball's always been like that though. Like, if you hit, basically, what Tim Anderson did was he hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually, I think it broke the tie. I think they were tied up two two, and he hit a home run, and it was one of the best bat flips I've ever seen. He turned towards his dugout, flipped the bat. Like a 580 angle, <laughs> and then just like flexed on him. And you knew it was coming the next time he was up at bat. Um, uh, the Royals pitcher, uh, I don't remember his name. What was his name? But Brad Keller mm-hmm. um, binged him in the hip. In the butt. Binged him. Binged him. Um, and so right after that, the bench is cleared. And we're getting to the bigger issue here. The bench is cleared, and uh, Tim Anderson was just mounting off to one of the Royals uh, dugout players, a guy who wasn't even in the game, and he called him a weak. Blank N word, a weak yeah. ass N word. Well, I mean, so I, and basically the question that's floating around the sports universe is, basically, Tim he received a one game suspension for that, and the and the question that's floating around is, can Major League Baseball and other major sports corporations, NHL, MLB, mm-hmm. um, NBA, and NFL, can they police the use of black people using the N word? Like, would, is that their place? So I would say I think to keep the the game in a good nature, in which they're probably trying to do, is that they would need to to do that, even with the black players. Not saying that the black player, like I think that there probably should be a, a higher um, consequence for a white player or a player outside of the black race to say the n word. Like for instance, if it was an NFL game and then you saw Tom Brady use the n word, I think it would be. A much severe, a much more severe consequence than it would be if it was Russell Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, basically, the suspension came about because they said that him using it was racially motivated, and uh, we're not using that <laughs> word. That so you got to look at the reasoning, for right? It. Right. You know the what I'm reasoning saying? behind the reasoning the behind word. it, like it, it, that's not a, a black man calling him a weak ass n word, 
is in no way, shape, or form racially motivated. That's right. that's the point. That, and see, at that point, I would say, yeah, I, I think that would be that. That's that. That shouldn't be criminalized. That shouldn't be criminalized at all. At all. And yeah. the thing about it is, the thing and the well, and the pitcher was suspended five games. So I'm glad Major. They kind of there was a difference. Tim Anderson, he served his one game suspension on okay, Friday. Okay. Um, and you know, baseball players play every single freaking day, so he's probably already back in the five game suspension. Right. Um, but that was just the question that was floating around, like. We need to get, especially baseball is becoming more and more black, not just Mm African-American players, but players of um, Latin American descent, Cuban descent, um, South American descent, um, even European, you know, European black players. um, They are some of the biggest players in the game today. Um, And you just, I think you really need to be, I think everybody needs to take a page out of the NBA's book. You need to take a page out of the NBA's book. The NBA is the the most. I think that's going to take a lot, and it does. Do. It does because yeah. baseball. Let's be real. Let's let's be. Who watches baseball? We know who. We, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it ain't it ain't the black people. It's not the black people <laughs> in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, so that yeah, I just think that they we need to do a better job of policing that because I I don't know. I just don't like it. It just yeah. didn't sit well. With I mean, me. I think with Tom, the, the the culture will definitely change, and we'll be able to figure things out a little bit better. But um, I, I do agree. I think that shouldn't be policed. In the way that it was used in this situation, um, but I do think they baseball should, you know, the MLB should definitely look at this and try to change some rules around that. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Beautiful Scars, a book written by Sydney Yvonne Stanley. It's a book and journal that acts as an advocate for mental health. It's her testimony when dealing with mental illnesses, and she wrote it in hopes to open the conversation on mental health, break the stigma, and let those who struggle with it with similar issues know that they are not alone and that they will overcome. So the NFL schedule came out last Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday night. 2019. I just feel... I love it. I've, <laughs> because I've missed football. It's just like it's given us a little taste of something that we just lost in february and we won't really get back for real for real until september because i don't watch the preseason um but the schedule just came out um two things that jumped out to me um that i always look at when i look at the nfl schedules is that strength of schedule um the predictions um who you know who's predicted to go you know what record and what jumped out to me of course is the easiest schedule and the hardest schedule um we got the oakland raiders have the di- most difficult schedule. The most the difficult NFL. schedule. Um, the Oakland Raiders have the most difficult schedule. Their opponents um, have a combined 2018 record of 137 and 117 and two ties. Mm. Um, and then the e- the easiest schedule is the Washington Redskins. And then they need it. The New England Patriots is our next. Uh, of course, of course they would. I think you know what I think is interesting about this list is that. The fact that the Patriots and the Redskins, uh, their their seasons last year obviously were on two different sides of the spectrum. Redskins didn't make the playoffs, uh, pretty much in a rebuild mode, trying to find a quarterback. They should have probably picked up Kaepernick, but that would have been a whole nother story. No. But anyway, um, you got the Patriots who are coming off of a, a Super Bowl win, and I wonder, you know, how easy is it's going to be for them to get back to the playoffs? I mean, it's probably going to be even easier than it was this year. They'll probably lynch, uh, you know. Yeah. Get in, get into their division easily. Yeah. I, I don't see them anybody combating them. You know the Dolphins, the Patriots, right? yeah, yeah. They're they're projected to go eleven and five, right? And the Redskins are projected to go. Um, where are the Redskins? Oh my god, the Redskins are projected to go seven and nine. Oh my goodness, <laughs> your Ravens are projected to go um, nine and seven. I think. Yeah, and and I think that 
honestly, we probably won't be 9-7. Yeah. I think we can actually probably win 11 games. And the reason being, and I've said this before, I think that the... You schedule, Calvin? No, yeah, I, you can. But what I'm saying is I think the reason why the Ravens would be able to is because you got to think about it. The Cleveland Browns are still going to have to figure out how they're going to work with OBJ. But, I think we can beat both of them. I think, we can bo- I think we're going to win both of those games as well as the Steelers games. I think the games that we're probably going to end up losing will probably come to the Seahawks, Patriots, um, probably the. I think I we see, play the Rams this year. I see seven losses on your schedule. You're I, not. I you're not. I think y'all can start the season two and zero. Oh. Y'all can beat Miami. Y'all mm-hmm. can beat Arizona. You're not going to Kansas City and winning. Let's be honest with ourselves. You're not going to Kansas City and winning, right? I, I didn't say we could. Okay. That could it, yeah, in my think, mind. That's four I don't losses. Think you're, in my I don't mind. think you'll win in Heinz Field. I think we will. Why? We have before. I mean, you have before, but but here's the thing. Has Lamar Jackson ever won a game at Heinz Field? You don't know what Lamar Jackson is going to do I with can, the weapons he's getting from I the draft. Know, listen, I'm, that's all I'm saying. I know what Lamar Jackson can do because I watched him in the playoffs this past season. I don't think that you'll win in Los Angeles. I don't think that um, – I think you're going to have a tough out against San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to be really good this year. I don't think, they, I don't they think they San looked, Francisco is no, going to be that good. No, listen. San Francisco looked very good without a quarterback. They have arguably a top three tight end in George mm-hmm. Kittle. They have a great running game. They have a good wide receiver game. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if he can come out and live up to expectations, who's to say? That's, that's a lot of ifs. Yeah, I'm just saying. And I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just saying they'll be a hard out. I think that, you know, it. Let's we got to be unbiased and objective here, I, you know, with, with Lamar Jackson. Well, well, remember, San Francisco is going to be playing on the road against Baltimore. So yeah, they'll be in, you know, but, in Baltimore, Maryland. Like, I, I don't think that we would be able to give up that home. Um, like that. I think you got to drop one to Cleveland and Pittsburgh a piece. You got to drop one. It's these these rivalry games. Cleveland looked really good this year. And let's th- remember how many close games they had with Pittsburgh, Oakland, y'all. Right. They had a lot of Cleveland had Cleveland was one non-tie away from making the playoffs. Yeah, and and I think the reason why I'm saying that I I don't believe that the Ravens would lose those games is because I think the expectations are going to be extremely high for the Cleveland Browns. The the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to win games, right? They're going to they're going to compete. I just think that the absence of having Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown both missing from their team is going to – and I'm not saying Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner aren't, aren't some studs, but I think that's something to think about. Yeah. I mean, but I think if you look at the whole NFL schedule for all the teams, I think the most interesting one that I've seen so far is probably the Seahawks. Um, I think the Seahawks have a chance to really make some noise this year. Who do they are? Um, they, so they start with they Cincinnati and, and Pittsburgh. Um, those two games, I think Pittsburgh may give them a run for their money, but I think they still can beat Pittsburgh. The third game, I think, is going to be a hell of a game is them against the New Orleans Saints. Now, I think the New Orleans Saints, I don't think they're going to come out as strong as they did this year. I think with them losing that game to the to the Los Angeles Rams in the way that they did, I think it's going to hurt them I a little bit. I think their schedule on paper looks a lot harder than the numbers say. They're going to Pittsburgh. They play New Orleans. They're mm-hmm. playing the Rams. They're playing, you know, Cleveland, Baltimore, Atlanta, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Los Angeles again, Carolina. I, Arizona I, and San That schedule sounds a lot harder than 26th easiest or 5th easiest, rather. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it will be interesting to see the pieces there because, you know, they're, with their running back combo, Chris Carson, Mike Davis, and uh, who is uh, Brashard Penny. I want to see how they're going to change up their their whole playing style because I think with Russell Wilson coming back, 
off that contract. He's definitely going to have to live up to some expectations. But we all know that Russell Wilson, can he can do what he needs to do to win the games, but I think he has to play smarter. I think he has to stop turning the ball over. Um, and hopefully he, they get him a better offensive line, but we'll see. I mean, he yeah. works he works uh, well with less, so we'll see. You know another game the Ravens will lose? What? At Seattle. At Seattle? Well, see, I mean, I think the that's only, when they're, that's going to be a very big defensive only, game. I only like. one AFC team has won in Seattle since 2012. Let me mm. guess, the Patriots. Chargers. Oh, the Chargers. Yeah, we mm. beat them this past season. Uh, well, let's talk about the Chargers for a we, second. I mean, I listen, we're bringing back the same exact team from this year. I <laughs> we're mean, projected to go either 11 and 5 or 12 and 4. Um, we have, but y'all could go 12 and 4 and still be vouching for well, a they, wild card. They have spot. us projected to go 12 and 4, and the Chiefs go 11 and 5. Mm. Um, I mean, I think, I think that we are fortunate enough to be bringing back the same exact team we're actually bringing back a better team because we played this entire season without our starting tight end notice oh, you saw a lot uh, of yeah, yeah, Hunter, yeah. Henry. Hunter Henry he's 100% healthy now um you saw um Antonio Gates who I would say made some really bad mistakes in that playoff game in, in, against New England <laughs> um that's when the game really broke open um but we're bringing back a stronger team um yep. as i think as long as we bring back a healthy running core our um uh williams our, our third string running back he was a rookie this year came in and did some really good things mm-hmm. um when melvin was um injured um but i think I, I i think i think we'll be the same as this year i think we'll be 11 and 5 12 and 4 we're bringing back a team that started this last season with no real like playoff experience mm-hmm. yeah we got destroyed by the Patriots. that's cool but like, um, I think I was watching the Orlando Magic game last night, and they're going to lose to the Raptors. Um, and course. Mike Breen said Coming something soon. really important. He was like, if you're the Orlando Magic, I, I compared it a lot to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You're a smaller market team in a big city, if that makes sense. You're going to lose. That They lost. The Magic are going to lose. The Chargers did lose. You're going to lose, but you have nothing to be you have nothing to be mad about. You overachieved this last season. You're bringing back the same team with playoff experience. We're bringing back a healthier team with playoff experience. Our kicking True. game is better. Our defense is top five in the league when we want to be. Didn't y'all just lose one of y'all high flyers though, Williams? Uh, we signed him. Y'all, no, y'all no, resigned him. One of them, one of them left, right? Um, no, I forget. It's, there's like three Williams. Um, yeah, there are Tyrell um, Williams, no, Ty, Mike we, Williams. We, we Mike Williams left. Mike Williams, but left. Okay. Tyrell, we kept Tyrell Williams. We signed mm-hmm. him to a one year deal this year. Um, but what we lose in Mike Williams, we gained in Hunter Henry. Because we're bringing, he's our bet. He's a, a fantastic blocker, fantastic um, route runner. Um, bring back so Philip Rivers. He didn't lose a step this past season, so we'll see. Um, I don't think our division. I, I think it'll be once again who's going to get it: Kansas City Chiefs or us. And I'm, the Raiders. The Raiders going to obviously beat themselves. They have the hardest schedule in the league. And then the Broncos. Yeah. Joe Flacco's trash. You, he he couldn't keep his job in Baltimore. Listen, I, I think the Broncos <laughs> might be one of the worst teams that we see play yeah. this year. And because, I think yeah, so yeah. I think it, it, that helps us that we have um, in terms of you know scheduling and whatnot. We have um, not a hard schedule, but then again, we don't have an easy schedule. Well, I mean, well, see, I, I was looking at your you all schedule, well, and I, I think that one of the games that 
with two two of the most pivotal games that y'all are going to play are the the back to backs that y'all have with Oakland and Kansas City because y'all play them in week ten and week eleven and then again in week sixteen and week seventeen. Yeah. Now I think playing Kansas City at home, I think that y'all have a better chance of going ahead and winning that game. But as you saw this year, y'all have to win those games against Kansas City because the moment that y'all lose either one of those divisional games, you might as well call your season a play. You're 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 really searching for a wild card at that point. Okay, so um, before we move on. We're going to do a real, real rapid fire real quick. I'm going to go down each division, and I just want you, without thinking, give me the winner. Unbiased, objective. Okay. Each division. NFC East. Uh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, <laughs> I, wait I, I just wanted to look back at, at, at this one trash. thing real quick. Different kind of trash. This is rapid fire. I know, I know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I had, I had something up from last year. Oh, boom. Never mind. I got it. Okay. So, I didn't know you were going to start with that. So, NFC East, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. NFC North. Um, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. NFC South. Um, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints again. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jordan, that was for you. I have the Panthers. Oh. Um, NFC West. NFC West, I am going with the Seattle Seahawks instead of the Los Angeles. AFC East. AFC East, of course, the New England Patriots. <laughs> they suck. They so trash. Uh, AFC North. Um, unbiased opinion. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Yeah. AFC South. Um, I think the Colts will win this one. This the this Colts. Year. I think they will too. The I think Colts they're going to win that. Had one. a really good team this year. Andrew Luck is back. Mm-hmm. AFC West. I, I got to go with Kansas City again. I think they're going to come back pretty strong uh, okay. off of that. You know the playoff loss that they had. So okay. Ladies, if you live in North Carolina and your eyebrows look like a bug's life, then go to Deja Monet. You can follow her on Instagram at Deja Monet. That is D-E-J-A-M-O-N-A-I. Um, she sells lashes and does individual lashes. So if you're looking to get your face beat for a big event, prom, the wedding, <laughs> your best friend's wedding, <laughs> follow Deja Monet on Instagram. Um, now we move into... Um, one of our last segments of the show, um, our NBA playoff takeaway. Um, we kind of keep this short and concise because we don't want to. There's still a lot of basketball to be played. There is. What would you say is your biggest takeaway from these playoffs so far? Should I go for East or West first? Which one you want to take? Let's about? get your Eastern takeaway so far. Eastern takeaway. So right now, I think Brooklyn might be the best new young set of players we we are going to see in the years to come. I think Karis uh, uh, Levert. Um, Jared Allen, um, D'Angelo Russell, they're playing really well against a very good Philadelphia 76ers team. So I think that even though they're going to lose this series to the 76ers, they're up, they're down 3-1 right now. Um, I think that they have a good core, and I think if they stay healthy and you know they keep playing the way they're playing, I think they're going to be a, a force to reckon with in the East. Um, the Magic have some pieces. The, the Magic have some pieces. And even though they won that one game against Toronto, Toronto is just a better team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're up three, they're up three one currently. Um, you got Kawhi Leonard, Mark Gasol out there, and unfortunately Kyle Lowry. Whatever. What a piece of trash. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the Magic have some pieces where I think that if they can build their young core, they can be pretty good. I think the the issue with the Magic is they shouldn't have been in the playoffs to be first with, you know, um, first of all. So yeah. Yeah. Um my Eastern takeaway is I don't think the 76ers are as good as we thought they were. Um, no. I think going through this entire season, there were two, there were four teams that everybody kind of crowned the top four seeds in the East, and they were right. You know, Raptors, 
Boston, 76ers, and then the Bucks. And I think just watching these first four or five games of each series, um, I think the Bucks, the Raptors, despite that game one loss to the Magic, but mm-hmm. they that was obviously just first game jitters because they've looked far and above better than the Magic. And then um, the Celtics with, you know, that. I think they're the best the, team in the East. The Celtics, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I just think the Sixers are not. I think the Sixers belong in that tier two. Um, only because I don't think that they've yet to find their identity and because you're relying heavily on they're the only team that's relying on two first couple year players as their superstars because that's not Jimmy Butler's team that's not Tobias Harris team that's Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's team and when you know your superstar center can't stay healthy and your superstar point guard can't shoot out of 16 feet 10 feet five feet yeah. You know, you're going to run into some issues down the road as you start playing better teams because Brooklyn, you better get used. You don't get used to playing Brooklyn because the next round you're playing, you're, you're going to be playing the Raptors and the Raptors are not Brooklyn. And defensively, the Raptors, the Raptors are like that. The Raptors are longer yeah. than Brooklyn. The Raptors have top three defensive player in the league in Kawhi Leonard. If not the, the Kawhi Leonard's top three and might be top one with um perimeter defense. Um, you know, I put him I put like Lonzo Ball um in the same kind of category as that. That's what makes Lonzo great. It's his perimeter defense. He can't really play offense that well. But anyway, not talking about the Lakers. Um, but I don't think that the Sixers are really in that that category of top tier. Cause I don't think they really know what they want to do yet. I think Tobias is a rental. Yeah. I think because he's a he's an unrestricted free agent after this season, I think Jimmy might turn into a rental. I think if things don't turn out the way that he wants, Jimmy, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he demands a trade. I think Philly just needs to build their bench. I, I don't. They don't have a bench right now, and and currently that's that's what's hurting them against Brooklyn. Brooklyn's bench comes out and scores almost 40, 40 points a game. So if you can get your bench to actually show up, then the 76ers could keep their 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 starting five core. But like you said, Tobias is a rental. It's going to be hard to keep him next year if you guys do not win a championship. Or so, I, I don't think the expectation of Philadelphia is to win a championship. I right think now. it is right. It now. can't be. I don't. I, you can't expect that out of these players right now. Too. It's. It's not. Of course, everybody's expectation is we got to win a championship. But I don't think it's championship or bust. When I, you, when I think if you. I think if. I think after starting off the the series that they did right here with Brooklyn, if they would have went down two one to Brooklyn. I think that would have been a big it issue. It can't be championship or bust only because two, three years ago, Philadelphia was the worst team in the league. True. I think that, you know, it's very important that they, you know, bask in this moment and look how far they've come. But what's your Western takeaway? Western takeaway, man. Okay, so obviously uh, the Houston Rockets are playing out of their mind. I think that right now I'm really glad that James Harden is playing uh, ha- having his off games now because he has no room for error in the next series he's going to play against Golden State. So, James, I'm telling you, take your terrible games. Shot three for 20 yeah. in game three. You better do Utah. that now. You better do that now because when you play the Warriors, you will not be able to do that. Um, Golden State is going to come out, and they're going to want to win a championship against y'all in that series. So make sure you know you get those terrible games out of the way now. I think Clint Capella and Chris Paul are definitely playing well. And, you know, with P.J. Tucker, he's just a, a dog. Like, he's the dog that they needed on that team. Kind of like a Patrick Beverly that was on that team at yeah, one point. It's obvious that Houston's going to beat – I'm not beat, but it's obvious that Houston and Golden State will play in the second round. Mm-hmm. I think whoever wins that series wins the NBA championship. I agree. 
Um, I think Golden State. I think you're playing through the motions. I think they're you know they're getting back to their cal- championship caliber play. Bro, but I dare. I do what I do like about this series though. I the Clippers are playing them pretty well. And they're beating on them a little bit. Not the not Clippers, enough to make them tired. The Clippers are doing every. The Clippers are throwing every single thing that they have at Golden State, and it's. I mean, come on, we didn't expect any. The the one game they've won, they were down by thirty. Thirty one. Thirty one. I mean, let's. Yeah. The, the Golden State. Golden State. If they do not win a championship, it will be no. I don't think anybody in the league can beat Golden State. I think Golden State can, can beat, beat Golden State. That and that's what they do. And and see, I the only thing I would differ or you know refute that statement with is the fact that I think the Rockets can. If the if the Rockets are shooting on all I cylinders, I think the Rockets are as good as they them. were last season. This season, I think they're better. I, I could argue that they're I better. Think losing Trevor, I I don't. I think I think James Harden is better. I don't think the team is better. And I think that when it when you're playing, I, because it's really hard to judge teams off of their first round playoff, especially the good right. teams. You can judge the bad teams because if a team like Brooklyn beats Philly, you're like, oh my god, they overachieved. But you can't we can't judge Houston for beating the crap out well, of Utah. Well, that's what I also think to do. yeah, I also think this is a very lopsided four five seed because you know Houston was a half game back from having the second seed or the third seed. I think yeah. so. I mean, it, it's a very lopsided four five seed, but matchup, but. Even then, Donovan Mitchell and those guys aren't scrubs. You know, they're playing against Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I, I hate Jazz to say are Joe just Ingles, too slow. They're just yeah, too slow. they don't play Rudy Gobert, enough. Joe Ingles, they're just too slow. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing. And we'll touch on Russell a little later. We oh, yeah, because I was about to say Portland. We don't have to, don't have to talk about okay. them yet. Well, let me go to Denver then. So, Denver and the Spurs, they're 2-2 right now. Um, by the time you guys will be hearing this, they'll probably be ended up playing that game uh, five. And I do believe that the Denver Nuggets will win that game. It's going to be a home game for Denver. I do believe that that Denver has the pieces to win this series. But I think it's going to take a lot more mental um, stability to beat them. I think that I, I have the, uh, the Nuggets actually beating them going to the next round. I think the better coach team will win this series. That's that's what it is. The better coach team wins. I agree. It's hard to read the series because both game both teams have given up both of their home games. Yep. So the better coach team will win this series, and that's all I really got to say about this series. I mean, the the Nuggets look good, but I think I think I wouldn't be surprised if they falter in any of these next games just because they're young. They're young. They've and, never been and see, here before. I think I think what's going to be the the biggest difference is Jamal Murray. So Jamal Murray's been playing out of his mind during the regular season. He kind of slipped up these first few games against the Spurs. And then he had a really big fourth quarter against them um, in game three. That was game I, three, yeah. I, I believe. So I do think that if Jamal Murray and those guys can actually show up and play like they're supposed to play, I think that we we have a good series on our hands. I think that the uh, Nuggets will beat them in, in seven. Um, at home, I don't think they'll be able to beat them on the road in Game Six if they go up three-two. So we'll see. All right. And this show was brought to you by Steady Hyperactive on May 30th. If you're in the Greensboro or Triad area of North Carolina, they'll be having a show with the Blind Tiger from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Tickets are tw- tickets are ten dollars in advance and fifteen dollars at the door. You can contact um, Life of Joy underscore underscore Life of Joy on Instagram directly for ticket purchases, or visit Steady Hyperactive um, their Instagram page at Steady Hyperactive. Um, Joy and other artists um, will be performing. They're gonna have a great um, showcase of artists um, just giving you their talents in a musical platform. 
<laughs> I kind of winged that last part. Uh, but the last part of our show, we're going down in the DMs for uh, three rapid-fire questions. Um, I'm going to ask. Calvin's going to answer. I'll give my two cents, as if you care. All right, uh, let's get it. Uh, what is your grade for LeBron and the Lakers after this season? Uh, I would give LeBron and the Lakers a C, a solid C. I think he he kind of messed up the organization a little bit with uh, the trade deadline issues they had, um, and I think that's going to be harder to bring a, a, a better free agent uh, come the spring I think or come the fall, especially with Magic leaving. I think people are so underestimating how bad of a situation the Lakers are in. They only want if I would have bet you a hundred dollars last summer that the Lakers were only going to win. And like if we went over under, how many more games will the Lakers win than they won last year? They won 35 games last year. They won 37 this year. You would have bet me over two games. You would have lost $100. I would have. Because they won 37 games. I don't care about LeBron's 18-game absence. You know why? Because when he came back, they were in the eighth seed. And if and that's my thing. You can't. You come back and then you But put, when he was there, they were in the third seed. But I, I, I know it was, it was early it was, on was, in the season. It was early, so. but you can't tell. The Western, you know why that doesn't matter? Because the Western Conference, like you just said, with Houston in the 4 and 5 seed, the Western Conference literally came down to the last game of the season. It did. It doesn't matter. If, the, if it would have been decided in January, February, like the East, cool. But nah, they had plenty of time. Next question. Um, who do you have coming out the East? I have the Boston Celtics. Uh, the reason why I have Boston Celtics, I believe that they have a better core when it comes to an all-around team, like the the starting five as well as the bench. I think that the biggest issue they're going to run into is playing the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think if they can get past Giannis, Eric Bledsoe, and those guys, like I think they have a really good chance of coming out of the East. I don't, I don't really see any other team other than maybe Toronto. And that's assuming that Kyle Lowry does not get exposed every game by Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is very good. Yes. I watched the entire game four. First of all, shout out to Indiana because they played very hard. Mm-hmm. They're just like I was talking about with the Chargers and the Magic and whatever. You're not supposed to win that series. You're not going to win that series. Nope. You, you lost your your MVP, not you, the MVP of your team. Of your team, your yeah. all NBA player. Victor Oladipo was on course to probably be all. He was going to be on my all NBA second team at least. You you don't win that series. You're not supposed to. Gordon Hayward looked good. He came back and scored eight points in the fourth quarter. Eight really big points. Um, they're without. Uh, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum looks good. Kyrie Irving looks all world. They're going to be dangerous. I'm really going to enjoy the second round of the NBA playoffs because we're going to get Golden State in Houston and Milwaukee in Boston. Right, Um, and I I think that's going to be – I think whoever wins the Milwaukee and Boston will win this – will end up going to the finals. Okay. And last question. Can you win a championship with Russell Westbrook as your leader? As your leader, I think that... As your number one guy. Number one or number two guy, because he's been a number two guy before. And, yes, yeah, so can you I win think, championship? I think number Russell? two, yes, not number one. The reason being, if you think about the first time he went to the actual finals when they played the Miami Heat, shout out to Miami. Um, they were with... It was KD, James Harden, and Russ. Uh, they had Kendrick Perkins. They had a, a couple of other role players that was on that team. And Russell, at that time, was the number two guy. KD was number one. I think that... Having Russ in the number one spot gives him too much power in the game of basketball in which he plays very, very emotionally. And not saying that he can't be emotionally a captain, like a good emotional captain. I think that he has to kind of manage that a little bit better with being the number one guy, though. I think with them bringing in Paul George, it gave him the ability to say, oh, I can defer to Paul George. 
but I still think they're missing a piece. I'm not saying they need another Paul George, but they need somebody who can either come off the bench. Like even if they picked up like a Jamal Crawford or a, I mean, not Jamal Crawford, uh, like a Lou Williams, somebody who can come off the bench and own the team. You got Raymond Felton and Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench and not saying that Dennis Schroeder has been playing. He's been playing really well this season, but he's not a Lou Williams. He's not somebody who can go out and get you 25 points a game and keep you in the game even when you're off the bench. See, Russ has to spend all of his time on the actual court in order for them to even have a chance. And I think with Russ, it's more of his stats are just his stats are blinding his game a little bit. Like his stats are great. Like he will average a triple double every year from here on out if he wanted to. But are they going to win? You know what I'm saying? I just I just think that Russell's stats are great, but we have to start looking at efficiency. He's just not efficient. He's had one year where he shot amazingly. I think he shot like 33, 36% from the field one year. Um, but this is this is strike three. This is his third year without Kevin Durant, and he's going to go out in five games? He's going to go out in five games. So I would say six, but yeah. No, not the way they look. Paul George is hurt. His shoulder hurts. He's hurt. hurt. He's I hurt. didn't know he was that He's hurt. hurt. He's hurt. He, and he's looking bad. They're just and Damian Lillard is playing on a different planet right now. So I just think, but going back to Russell not losing focus, I think that Russell is going to have to work hard to keep Paul George there because I don't think that if Paul George ups and leaves whenever he's done on that contract, I think it's gonna be really hard to get a player superior to Paul George's talent to come play at OKC. Because if I'm somebody looking at that situation, I'm like, okay, he played with James Harden and Kevin Durant. They both have MVPs now. They both either have finals MVPs or are contended for it year in and year out. He played with Paul George. He's first team all NBA. He's first team all defense. He's played with these superstars. He's played with these Hall right. of Famers. He's, you know, one can say that, hey, is Billy Donovan a good coach? I don't know, but does it matter in that sense? But 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 Billy Donovan can't make you shoot free throws. No, yeah, Russ, you're right. Russ has been 65.6% from the free throw line this year. That is terrible. Yeah, I just think he needs to he needs to work on being efficient and he needs to figure it out. Or I don't know what's going to happen when this five-year deal, this Supermax contract he's on. At least he'll get his coin because he's not getting the ring. Yeah. I mean, I think I think unless, like I said, they bring another piece, and I don't know what that piece is going to be, um, but they, they need something. And and Russ, you, you are a great player. I'll never take that away from you, but you need somebody else there that can help manage the load and kind of get you back into a, a place where you can start shooting better, yeah. you know, more efficiently. So. Yeah. Uh, but let us know what you think on Twitter um, in the comment section of this podcast as well. Thank you for bearing with us and listening to us on the Finish Line podcast. We'll be back every week um, on Monday night. We'll be uploading episodes every Monday night. You can follow us on Twitter at NBA Finish Line um, or our uh, separate Twitter handles at Calvin of Colt and at Blackout underscore underscore. Um, let us know what you think about the NBA playoffs, the NFL schedule, Tim Anderson, his suspension with the N-word. Um, and we'll be back next week. Gang. Peace.